0: Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain his flame that he has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Can we just pray once more and ask the Lord to really speak to our hearts here today? Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing in our midst here we thank you Lord that you are still moving that your power is present Lord that your glory is real. I thank you God that that Lord even whenever we are not faithful you are faithful to your vision. You are faithful to your own glory. Father, I even believe that the expression of revival throughout history has been a statement a prophetic statement, a covenantal statement that you are faithful to your purposes in every generation. And I thank you for what you are doing through the ministry here at River of Life, Lord, that you have birthed this place for your eternal purposes. And we ask this morning that you would speak to us as only you can have your way. Now touch our hearts, make us recipients of your word in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Remembering the wonders of knowing the Lord. You know, I don't live in the past. I thank God for the past and I never disparage my history or neglect my history. I was born again in this county, just up the road here, a little ways on the way to Sopchoppy in a little community called Otter Creek, January the 24th of 1985. I left Crawfordville with a friend of mine and we were Smoking pot and drinking Mad Dog 2020. Maybe they still call it that. But anyhow, so by the time, you know, we were drinking and smoking pot before we got to Otter Creek. So by the time we got down there, we were buzzing pretty well. And I walked in that little church that night of January the 24th, the Friday night. It was actually cold. I remember it was very cold. I actually looked at the history once, and It was 24 degrees that night. That's pretty cold for Crawfordville, right? Anyhow... I walked in there that night, and unbeknownst to me, my life was about to radically change. Um, I became as sober as a judge as I stood in the back of that little church at Otter Creek Community Church. And that night, Jesus met me. My theology definitely leans more Armenian, but my salvation experience, most Calvinists would say, I knew God is the one that does it, and you have nothing to do with it. But anyhow, my, my experience was so supernatural that the Lord literally just arrested my heart. And, and for a long time that night, he just made himself real to me. And I was forever, forever changed. It wasn't too long after that, um, that we began to, to really have a heart for ministry. And I, I met my wife. And then the Lord even used um, Henry and Beth Jones in our marriage, in our early years, as we were growing in grace and learning the things of God. So, so my history is in this County. My roots are here and my spiritual DNA really connects with the fiber of this ministry here. When I think of, of my history, um, I, I really there's there's two places, my, my wife's parents church in West Virginia and Sopchoppy First Baptist Church, then River of Life, because that's really like the womb that I was birthed out of as far as as ministry. So so when I share what I want to share with you this morning, please know that that it comes from a deep, deep love and honor for this house, for this ministry and for what God has done is doing and will continue to do in the days ahead. Amen. Remembering the wonders of knowing the Lord. Look with me this morning at second Timothy chapter one and verse one, please. I love these books where Paul writes these letters to his spiritual sons. First and second Timothy to Timothy. And of course, Titus, when Titus was on the Island of Crete, who was another spiritual son of the apostle Paul but in the second chapter of, of Timothy or, or second book of Timothy, second Timothy, there's this this very deep, warm, loving feeling that we feel from the paternal or the fathering heart of the apostle Paul. As he speaks to his son, you really feel the the warmth and the love that he has for him. And he's encouraging him in his walk with God, in his faith and even in his ministry. First, Timothy it has some personal feelings to it, but it's almost like a circular letter that would, have been, um, that would have been circulated throughout Asia Minor at the time. Not just the church in Ephesus, but that whole region, Asia Minor. Most scholars believe that that first letter would have been like a circular letter and maybe even the second one. But the second one, it has this, this personal feeling of a father speaking to a son. And I want us to listen to what Paul says here in 2 Timothy Chapter one, verses one through seven, Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy and peace from God, the father and Christ Jesus, our Lord, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. The depth of love there. Hear that. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Listen to what he says. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Now, the the part that really stood out to me as I read this again, I was at the beach house just this week with my family, just praying and asking God, what should I bring to River of Life from you, Lord, this week? A lot of things... You know, of course, if you preached as long as I had for over three decades, a lot of things can kind of go through your mind. But I really wanted the Lord just to, to, to share through me what he wanted you to hear this morning. And as I reread this first book of Tim or the second book of Timothy, the thing that really stood out to me in this chapter was where Paul tells Timothy, I am reminded of your sincere faith. But he said this faith, first of all, lived in your grandmother and in your mother. You know, the, the older I get now that I'm 52, I, I realize that I stand on the shoulders of those that have gone before me in the faith. That I'm not just here preaching the gospel and, and doing what I've done because I decided to do it. Somebody paid a price for us to be where we are at here this morning. Someone lived in such a way that they were in close proximity to the Lord. And out of that, knowing God, there was a deposit that was handed down to the next generation. You know, heritage is what we leave to someone. James Dobson said legacy is what we instill in someone. And you see, I I realized tonight that that I stand here because others instilled something in me. You know, the the Apostle Paul once said, follow me as I follow Christ or follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus Christ. He was not saying preach like I preach, do ministry the way that I do ministry. He was saying, learn Jesus by looking at my life. At one point, he even said to put on Jesus. In other words, he, he understood what it was to do ministry from a place of an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me be transparent with you this morning. I, you know, I started pastoring my first church in the state of Maryland when I was 19 years old. I have Done this long enough to where I can get up here and I can preach without praying. I can maybe even have some effectiveness because I've studied the scripture all these years and I have taught in college settings and all these type of things. But here's what I know. The only thing that really brings forth. The eternal purposes of God is when we know him and we live out of that intimate place of knowing Jesus. So listen to Paul. He says, I want you to remember, son, the sincere faith that you have. This faith that was bequeathed or, or handed down to you from grandma and from mama. These, these women that, that, that knew what it was like to walk with Jesus. You see, we sit in this house this morning, and you know there's um, there's a verse in the Bible that says that you know you occupied houses that you never even built, and you see there is a a blessing to being in the midst of a setting like this. But I want us to never forget what birthed this setting, and I don't just mean the aesthetics. I don't just mean the building, the decor. The three services that we're in this morning. I'm talking about the the real house of God. The the, the presence and the glory of the living God that is resident in this house. The the ability. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. The ability to be led into the glory of Jesus through worship. The ability to, to feel the tangible love and glory of Jesus Christ. Friend, this is not a cheap thing. Can I tell you, I preach all over the place. Oftentimes, I don't experience what I experience when I'm at River of Life. But you see, I realize that that people throughout the years, throughout the generations in this ministry have paid a price to know Jesus. And I want you to remember the wonders of knowing God. I, I have very distinct memories of how we hungered and thirsted for God, even a couple of two and a half decades ago now. I can't believe it's that long ago. How that the Lord began to stir our hearts. Listen, I, I remember encountering his glory and his presence. I remember the prayer meetings, being together with all the people of God, even down in Sapchapi, And I remember how the Lord used that setting and used that season to bring us to where we are right now in this hour. And as I remember again, I don't live back there, but I don't neglect that era either. Because I know that the Lord uses those seasons in my life to, to, to spur me on to deeper places of knowing God and walking with God. You see, I've spent years, over 20 years, training men and women of God to go to the mission field, planning churches, pastoring churches, missionaries, Christian business people. We've had people from all walks of life. I've trained NASA scientists before. I've trained dentists and doctors that were in their 50s and 40s that that felt a call to the mission field. And I've had the ability to, to pour into their lives. But listen to me. As I look back at my history, at this stage in my life, I don't want to spend the rest of my life just teaching people how to do ministry. There's merit in that. There's, there's, there's purpose in that. And I've, I've taught preaching classes, homiletic classes and, and, exegesis, all these type of classes that are important for people that are being trained in the ministry. But I'm at a season in my life to where my greatest passion is to teach people to know Jesus yes. to where I can say with the apostle Paul, come on, son, come on, daughter, follow me. As I follow Jesus, let me take you deep into intimacy with him to where he's not just a sermon on a Sunday morning, but he's a very present help in time of need. He's alive and he's well and he he allows us to go as deep in him as we desire to go. We can have as much as him. As we desire to have. There's a quote that I want to read to you this morning that I believe really describes where we're at as far as do we really want to go deeper in experience in Jesus? Do we really want to continue the wonders of knowing God? Listen to what John Piper said, desire for other things. There's the enemy. And the only weapon that will triumph is a deeper hunger for God. The weakness of our hunger for God is not because he is unsavory but because we keep ourselves stuffed with other things. There's an old song they used to sing when I I first got saved back in the 1980s. It seems like yesterday, but it was quite a while ago. There's an old song they used to sing and it was something, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his glory and grace and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light or his beautiful face in the light of his glory and grace. You see, once you ever really experience him, you, you can never be the same again. You see, the DNA of this house is not just good church, friend. This place was birthed out of a passion for Jesus Christ. The hunger that that, that many of you have, even as you've been here, friend, it did not come easy. It's because somebody before us paid a price to walk with Jesus. What Paul is saying to Timothy, remember your father, your mother and your grandmother. Remember what they walked in. Remember what they had. You see, I, I believe that the primary element in my life at this point is not to be a better preacher, not to write more books, not to write more articles, not to do more podcasts. And, you know, we do a lot of things. But listen, the primary element in my life is to steward my hunger, to guard my hunger for the Lord. That 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 he and he alone is the single focus of my eye, that that his glory, his purposes, knowing him is what stimulates me as I wake up every day. You see, the purpose for River of Life is not just to be another good church that has never been the DNA of this house. If you've been here for any amount of times, if you've heard Henry Jones preach and now Rocky or anybody, Chuck, in this pulpit, you know that this place is not a static religious environment. The people that come here, they, they know there's something alive. What is that? That's a radical love and desire for the glory of Jesus to be revealed in what color county? In this house, in this region. It's tangible. this hunger and passion that possesses us is birth of God. It didn't come easy, friend. It's not just something that, that happened. You know, when I first met my in-laws, I was 16 years old. I'd fallen in love with Darla already. She'll be here in the next service. I, I was scared to meet them because, you know, they were a long time in the ministry. They told me that her mother had some spiritual gifts in her life, like word of knowledge and these type of things. So I was intimidated because, you know, just six months before I met Darla, I was smoking dope and doing a bunch of other crazy things. So I remember when I flew into Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania from Tallahassee and her sister and her picked me up and we drove to West Virginia about two hours to her house. And her mother, I'm talking about the wonders of knowing God. Her mother walked out on the porch and she looked just like I thought she would look. Darla was born when her mother was 49 and her father was 57. So there's hope for a lot of you this morning. But anyhow, her parents were more like her grandparents. She was a surprise baby to say the least. But her mother walked out and she looked kind of like granny from the Clampets. I mean, the thing on her hair, like an old holiness woman. And I was intimidated because, again, I was 16 years old. This was all so new to me. I I walked up to her and I'm going to tell you what she did. Tears literally began to fall down her face. And here's what she said. I know you. She said, I had a dream about you three years ago and the Lord told me you were coming to marry my daughter and I've been praying for you for the last three years. Now, what I'm talking about is the wonders of knowing the Lord. That might sound strange to you, but listen, friend, there is a deep place of intimacy where the wells of the supernatural are real, not flaking. Listen, there's flakiness and weirdness. I'm, no, I'm talking about deep places of knowing God. I have seen the wonders of the Lord. I have stood in West Africa, in Muslim nations, Sierra Leone, Guinea, Liberia, preaching the gospel, coming under apparent attack. And I have literally seen large angels protect our ministry team. I have watched the glory of God fall on a field of 10,000 or more Muslims and fighting such demonic resistance as I'm trying to preach. I mean, you can literally feel the, the heart, the hierarchical demonic forces pressing against us and pressing against my preaching. And I've watched the wonders of the Lord perform As hundreds of, I've got video on my phone. I can show you today. Hundreds of Muslims weeping at the altar, giving their heart to Jesus Christ. (laughs) Can I tell you something? I am here because of this house. You are here because of this house. There are ministries I don't know where people like Reed, Uber, but there, there are ministries that have been birthed from this womb here. Not just, I mean, yes, to impact Wakulla County, but to impact the nations of the earth. We'll never know the actual weight and depth and height of the heritage, the spiritual heritage, until we are in the presence of the Lord and out of our mortal bodies. You see, there is a weight in this house. As I was up, late last night in the hotel room, just before the Lord, about these, these services today. The Lord just really began to, to bring back some very distinct memories of Sopchoppy First Baptist Church and River of Life. The history that some still in this room have walked in for years now, decades. Hard to believe, isn't it? I don't know where time goes but I know that we'll have eternity to spend together. So I don't really worry about time too much. But it's gone by very, I mean, I'm still, in my mind, I'm still playing Little League baseball in Sopchop. Back then we had it filled in Sopchoppy, one we in Crawfordville, one in Shave it was a different time. But in my mind, I'm still that kid. But somehow I got to 52 years old with six grandchildren. And I've preached in 30, 37 nations around the world. And it seems like just like that. But listen to me, I know where I came from. And I don't want to forget I don't ever want to disparage my history. I don't want to live in, in the past, but I don't want to forget the past. Because you see, even in the Hebraic mind, the Jewish people were radical. And some, especially those that are Orthodox, they are still radical about remembering the wonders of God, where God has brought us from. You see, this ministry... The Lord spoke to my heart last night about the dynamics, the river of life dynamics. What makes this house so special? Again, there's great churches in this county. Don't misunderstand me. But friend, there is something supernatural and special about the DNA of this house. Listen, river of life was birthed in the glory. It was. And can I say birthed? Any women ever birthed a baby? It was, friend, there was labor, con- spiritual contractions that, that, that birthed this move of God. There's a reason that we're in the center of the county today. Not because it was a cool idea. Let's, let's have a strategic. No, it's because God birthed a vision to change an entire county and region for the glory of Jesus. And the Lord began to open the doors supernaturally. And the impossible became possible. And then they became, or then it became tangible. And by revelation, the Lord began to, to lead and to open doors. This, this ministry was birthed in the glory. And we got one person we can really blame this morning. That's Dallas Gray. Because <laughs> the legacy and the history of this church is rooted in revival, friend. It is not a light thing. And Listen, whatever you think about what happened in Pensacola between 1995 and 2000, anytime there's a move of God, there's strange things that happen. I always say when God begins to move, you've got the Holy Spirit, you've got demon spirits and you've got human spirits. And we all know, especially being from Florida, that, that light attracts bugs, right? So we understand there's some. But at the same time, I know that I know that I know the wonders of God that radically arrested my heart. Pastor Henry invited me to go. I didn't invite him. I mean, my background is the charismatic Pentecostal background. I was birthed in that as a kid, but he invited me to go. And we went that first night and all I can say, man, I was on fire for Jesus before then, but there was something tangible. And again, I don't dwell on the metaphor. I'm believing for even greater than the Brownsville revival. But let me tell you something. As a result of what God did in that little coastal town, my hometown of Pensacola, Florida. I know for a fact. Listen, I travel the world everywhere I go. It doesn't matter if it's in West Africa, Central Africa, South America, Eastern Europe, Western Europe. I preach on every continent, but one. Everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, I find someone that was impacted by the fire of God and the fire of revival in Brownsville. There was something that the Lord did. there. I'm not saying men were perfect. Men never are. But, friend, we were birthed through revival fire. That's why we're here. And again, that's our DNA. It's not that we try to replicate Brownsville, but we never forget the glory of the Lord that manifested itself in our lives and changed us forever. Listen, there was a price. This is important. There was a price that was paid for this ministry that is rooted in a deep passion for the Lord that can never be forgotten. Some of you were here as I was living on Rose street and sop choppy and we would go Monday nights and we would pray. We didn't just not God is great. No, we would pray for him oftentimes on our faces in that sanctuary. We were radical and we knew that God was moving and we saw the wonders of the Lord, the Monday night prayer meetings, the solemn assemblies, the days of prayer and fast. I remember pastor Henry. He got really skinny back in those days a few different times. And even Beth, I remember them fasting for weeks sometimes. Hungry and desperate for Jesus to be glorified in this county. Not so they could appear spiritual. No, I mean paying a price in prayer and fasting to see the glory of Jesus. Listen, friend, that, that birth a move of God sustains a move of God. See, successful ministry is not how many people we have. Thank God for numbers because numbers are souls. People that tell me, I don't care about numbers. I'm saying, well, there's something wrong with you. I I care about numbers because numbers are souls, right? But listen, it's not just about the number. It's about the substance of what God has done in the fiber of our beings. That we come consumed with a deep hunger for the things of God. These seasons a fasting, a willingness to be ridiculed and even despised for the glory of Jesus to be revealed in Wakala County. You sit on spiritual ground this morning and some of you are benefactors and you are recipients of a lot of tears, a lot of sweat, a lot of opposition. But can I tell you something? The glory of the Lord is the signature of this ministry. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then let me encourage you to listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at Keith-Collins.org or impact. may the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life God bless you